Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. God, that would distract us, God, let us focus on you, God. I worship you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Kids, you can be dismissed to Sunday school back there where the mountain is. You can go back there. Go ahead and make your way to Sunday school. It's going to be a good time for Sunday school, I hope. If it's not, take it up with my wife. (laughs) Oh. Well, I, uh, um, let's see here. Um, so I have, uh, I've preached this message, well, these messages before, um, but I have found this, that every time I preach a message, it comes out differently. And Cindy, well, like most of you guys know that, if you come to the, if you've watched the 11 a.m. and then came to the 2 o'clock, you're like, oh yeah, it's so different. (laughs) Every time it's different. So like on a Sunday like this, where we just have one service, I'm like, you only get it once. So (laughs) hope it's good. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like the 11 a.m. gets cheated. And then sometimes I feel like the 2 p.m. gets cheated because I'm tired. So <laughs> sometimes I feel like the 11 a.m. is like, oh, I'm sorry, guys, it wasn't that good. I got a do-over in the 2 p.m. <laughs> so um, today we're going to be looking at the first message to the church. Um, a question that I was talking with um, another minister about one time. And uh, he said, if the disciple, if you were to have asked the disciples, if you could go back in time and ask the disciples... He goes, what do, you, what, what do you think they would be a part of? What denomination? What organization? What, what would they say? And I was like, that's a really good question. Because we got a lot of them in our day and age. And so I'm not going to stand up here and say that um, any denomination is the right denomination. Because uh, that would be wrong to say. But I will say this. When we get to the end, I believe that what I believe is that which was spoken of in the book of Acts. Um, I believe that the church should be as close to the Bible as it can be. When I preach, I use as many scriptures as I can because I believe that when I'm, when I'm drawing from my messages and from God, I want it to come from his word, not from my head. And so sometimes when I'm praying, I'm like, God, less of me and more of you because I don't want a lot of me in there. And so... I look at that and I think if you were to ask them, they would have never responded with what you see today. They would have responded with, we're with Jesus. We were the ones that followed Jesus. We're we're, we're Christians. We're following Jesus. And today, 
there's this whole thing, and I believe it's a, a device of the enemy that goes to divide and to try and conquer the church. And so I believe that one of the things that we've got to look at is we've got to make sure that we're following what is in the word of God. I want to be 100% in the word of God every time that I preach. I've said this many, many times that I want to preach what's in the word of God. It doesn't matter what some other man wrote in a book. It doesn't matter to me. What matters is the word of God because this is what was inspired, the inspired word of God. This is what God breathed into existence. I want that in my life, in, in our church. And so we're going to jump in here in Acts chapter 1. Um, so if you have the little pamphlet or whatever, you'll see some of the scriptures in there. Not all of the scriptures because I have so many of them uh, this time. And so we're going to jump around here in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. So the first message to the church is uh, what we're talking about today. And this is that is the series. And so in first in Acts 1 and 4, it says, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they would not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? He said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and into the uttermost part of the earth. One thing I've noticed, and I ended the last series with saying we have a lot of people who lust after power. They look for power. They look for the supernatural. They have a lust for uh, a spiritual uh, revelation. They have this lust for power in the supernatural. And the reality is, is they completely miss the whole portion where it's talking about all the power and what the power is to be used for. It says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon me, after, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you to do something, to have a purpose. There was a purpose for the Holy Ghost and it was to be a witness to everyone. But I don't think they realized, and it's so important to pay attention to this portion of scripture right here, because it says, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. If you don't pay attention to that, the rest of like Acts doesn't make sense when it gets to the Gentiles, which is us. Unless you're a Jew, you're a Gentile. So um, I'm not Jewish. I'm a Gentile. So in the Bible, it wasn't, it, 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 they thought it wasn't for us. They thought it was just for them. But he began to pour out on everyone, the Holy Spirit on everyone. And so as I look at this, the power was in the comforter that Jesus promised he would send not many days after. Power to do what? Power to be a witness. Power to lay hands on the sick. Power to cast out devils. I want that power in my life. I want to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. What, what is it? Uh, Paul and... Um, Paul and Silas, when they worshiped, and you read that in the book of Acts, when they began to pray and sing songs, the foundations of the jail began to shake and the prison doors began to swing open. That right there is what I want to believe. That right there is what I want active in my church. I want there to be power in the church. There should be, there should be something that changes your life when you go to church. And I'm not talking about the physical building. I'm not talking about this place. 
But I sure hope that we have been in prayer enough that when people walk in here, they feel something that changes, begins the start of a change process in their life. So this was Jesus making a transition from with them to within them. It's a transition here that we see happen. He is ascending into heaven and he's making a transition from with them to within them. So why is the title of the series, This Is That? Well, because we believe what was preached on the day of Pentecost is still the same today. We still believe that everything that happened in the book of Acts is for the church today. We believe that the church should, the first church is the book of Acts. The, that's the first church. Call it whatever you want to call it, but that's the first church. Are we the first church? I would like to think we are a part of the first church because I'm going to believe and I'm going to preach as close as I can get to the book of Acts. I'm going to preach the things that they did. I'm going to try and get you guys to do the things that they did. I, I'm not going to like, not everything. I mean, but, but come on, they had some boldness. They preached the gospel. Peter, who was he? Does anyone remember who he was? He was the guy who denied Jesus three times on. He's like, oh no, I wasn't with him. Peter gets up to preach on the day of Pentecost. You can't tell me that this changes people. Like when you get God moving in your life, things begin to change and transform you. Look, I have a history, drugs, alcohol, all those things. I've told the story so many times and it's, I believe that this right here is what changes my life. This right here is what changes so many other lives is believing what is in the Bible. That's like mind blowing, right? It's like, you mean believing what's in the Bible? This book is so old. Like how could it be relevant to what I'm going through today? I promise you, if you will crack open this Bible and begin to read it, there will be things in the Old Testament and the New Testament that begin to speak to you. And you'll be like, oh, wow. That really does make sense. I'm so glad that I'm beginning to read his word. Like I'm hearing from God when I read the Bible. You're like, well, I've read that passage 30 times. I don't care. Read it again. God will give you something new. I promise you. So the presence of God that you feel, I don't believe, is ever a result of an accident. It's the result of prayer. It's the result of fasting. There are things that people have done throughout time. They wanted to keep the presence of God. I want to see the presence of God move in this service every Sunday. I want to see him move in my life every day. When I get up to go to work, most of the time when I'm driving to work, I pray, God, touch the people I'm going to work with today. God, I pray that you would move because it's not by my strength but it's by your strength that people are changed. God, I need you more than I need myself, more than I need my mind. There's, there's more to God than just some good feelings. I can't come to church and just feel good when I leave. There's got to be something inside of me that comes up and says, I have got to be different. I have got to live my life in such a way that, that, that I want to see God move. I want to see God not just touch my life, but other people's lives. I'm just not satisfied with some goosebumps and, and that's it. Like, we're not going to sing the song over again because I got some goosebumps on my neck. That's not the spirit of God. That's, that's emotions. 
I don't believe that we are emotional creatures, but I don't believe that God wants us to operate fully by our emotions. He wants to lead us and guide us in his spirit. And so the more uh, there's more to God than just tears. Sometimes when you're in church, you're going to cry. You're going to worship God and the presence of God is going to feel uh, begin to touch you and you're going to begin to cry. There's more to God than just some tears and feeling his presence in your life. There's there's more. There is more. There's always more. There's power and power abundantly. Last week as I was talking when that young Levite went and he began to um, become the high priest in Micah's house and, and serve. And he was serving under false gods. He sold what was his for something that was less. He sold his right of what he could have been for something less. Many times we sell what is rightfully ours because we, we, we fail to go and possess what God has called us to possess. We fail to go forward and step in faith and say, God, I need you to move in my life. God, I need a change. I'm sick and tired of the way that I've been living. God, I need you to touch my mind. It's okay to pray those prayers. Betty, what you are saying is right on. We have got to pray. God, I, I know that you can do exceedingly abundantly. God, I pray that you would move God God I pray that you would touch it in Jesus name everything that we do is in the word is in Jesus name so how do we have a move like they did in Acts so Acts chapter 2 begins with the formula for an awakening of the soul the very first scripture they were all in one place in one mind and then God moved I think it's important when you look at Acts chapter 2 and 1 through 8, it says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. It set upon each of them. There was something that happened in this moment. They got together and were in one mind and one accord. On Tuesday nights when we begin to pray on, uh, after Bible study, we get in here, turn on some music, we begin to pray. Within a very short time, my prayer is, God, let us be in one mind and one accord. That's my prayer when I come to church. God, let us be in one mind and one accord. Because I know when the church is in one accord, that's when he moves. If the church is doing everything and they're all over the place, God has a real hard time moving on his people. Look at the Tower of Babel. They were in one mind and one accord. And it was, well, if they stay like this, we know that they're going to reach heaven. So I'm going to confound their language. I'm going to confuse them. I'm going to make them speak different languages. When I look at that, I'm like, well, maybe there's a reason why we should be in one mind and one accord for a purpose, to see God move, to see a change, not in just our lives, but in other people's lives. It, it's not my will, but your will, God. So verse four, it says, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation un under heaven. 
Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came, the multitude came together and were confounded. They were confused because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? You see, God had a purpose here in this moment. They're filled. They began to, they began to uh, testify the wonderful works of God in a language that they did not learn or understand. This isn't something that you learn, but rather something God puts in you, that God pours into you. And if it was for then, it's for today. I believe this, as you look and you study out everything in the, in the Bible, and you look at the first church, and you, believe, and, you, and you begin to look and see what happened, you see it happening again and again and again. And I believe that that is for today. Even Paul writes about it in Corinthians to the church there. And, and I believe that there is a purpose for the church to be full of God's spirit. I want that in my life because that is what gives me the power to have change in my life. So the title of, the t the title of today was the first message ever preached. So... What was the first message preached? You see what I love about the first message being preached here is he is God is using someone imperfect, someone who rejected him. And so I look at that and I'm like, I can do this. I rejected God. I got so deep into the drugs and alcohol and the life that I was living I never would have thought that I would be here doing what I'm doing today. Like, oh, I was a terrible person. I don't know how I end up here, but I'm thankful that God would say, it's okay. I still love you. And I look at this Peter who walked with Jesus gets up, even though he rejected him, he's used by God. And it says, and they were all amazed and we're in doubt saying one to, one to another, what meaneth this? Others marking, mocking said, these men are full of new wine. One thing that I love is anytime God begins to do something, the enemy's going to rise up and begin to speak negatively. So anytime that God begins to move, watch for the voice that's like, oh, that's not real. Oh, watch, yeah, fact check it. Watch, 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 watch for the guy in the back that's like, oh, the guy in the back. Watch out for the guy in the back. <laughs> Yell him, fact check. <laughs> no, seriously, check it. If it is of God, it's okay. If it's not, run from it. If it's not in the word of God, run from it. It has got to line up with the word of God if you want God's blessing on it. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, then I would be afraid of it because it's not of God. So, these men are full of new wine. Something was off. The devil has always tried to tear down people who believe. These people are filled with God's spirit and people begin to mock them. The first thing the enemy is going to do is begin to throw doubt in your mind. And you may have already doubted in your mind, what in the world am I even doing here? Why have I been doing this for so long? Why do I even serve God? Why do I follow what God has called me to do? Why, why do I do this? I, I've, I don't know about you, but I've had that question. Like, why do I keep doing this? Uh, you know, there was a time I had, I had uh, 
I, I was like, you know what? I finally got to this point in my life. I was like, I can take a vacation. I can just disappear and just be gone. And it was kind of nice. Like there was this point in my life and I was just like, this is awesome. I've arrived. And I began to get comfortable. And I don't know, shortly after that moment, and this was like back into the story of like the first time we drove into Detroit Lakes. <laughs> and it was like, well, now it's like five years ago. We need to move here. Well, at that time, I was like, well, someone else needs to do it. And then later on, it began to my wife finally saying, I think it's time to start that church. Rochelle, what is your problem? Why at this moment in my life, what is your problem? Why would you say that? This is not the time. I was in a mess. I was a mess in my life. I think it's time to do that. I wanted to say, I said, that's stupid. <laughs> the first message began with boldness. I can remember back to the very first time I preached this message. Um, we were at the Seventh-day Adventist and we were renting from them. And I was questioning what we were doing here. I was like, God, why, why bring us here? I was so scared and so afraid, but I was like, God, if this is your will, then it's your problem. So God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. But God, you got to help me because I don't have the strength. I don't have the mental capacity. God, I don't have what it takes to do this. I need you. And I remember getting up and preaching and probably front of probably seven people on the Sunday I preached this. And I look, fast forward, you know, almost two years now. And I look and I'm like, wow, look what God has done. Look what God has done. We're in a building that's ours. Well, not completely ours, but it's, you know, a lease. But I mean, we didn't have a screen. Like, I remember, and I had to take and tear down all this stuff. And I'm just like, we didn't even have a piano. Someone bought us a piano. And, and now we just need a drummer. Someone needs to buy us a drummer. <laughs> or no, someone needs to finish learning the drums. We already have a drummer. We just need to finish learning the drums. <laughs> and and I look at I look at what God is doing, and 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 I'm just so amazed. And I know this: when you begin to step out in faith, God begins to do things. And this is what I see here. In verse 14, it says, "But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea." And all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. This is where the title comes from. This is that. And I believe when boldness begins to rise up in the church, when the church says, I'm done sitting back and playing patty cake, when the church says, I'm going to get up and I'm going to see a move of God, when the church gets up and says, I want to see a revival, these types of things will begin to happen again, that God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. I believe that with everything that within me, that this is that which was spoken of by the prophet. 
prophet Joel, that God is still pouring out his spirit upon all flesh, that he still forgives the brokenhearted, that he still forgives the lost, that we can still have our sins washed away. I'm still thankful for a God that would forgive. That's why I, that's why I declare it with boldness. I don't like to get up in front of people. I'm scared to death. You see me walk around with my eyes closed all the time, right? That's because I don't like looking at people, okay? I get scared to death up here, okay? I try to open my eyes. I try to make eye contact, but I literally am scared to death every time I preach. Every time. But I know that if I don't declare it with boldness, that someone's not going to hear the message that was preached on this day. And I know that this message is still ringing true to every soul in the world. That if you're looking for a change, if you're looking for something different, that this right here, this message can change your life. I want to be like Peter that was drastically changed, that was dramatically changed. He was once afraid and ashamed of who he followed. And then all of a sudden he was like, no, let me preach because I'm know God has touched me. That is what the Holy Ghost does in people's lives. It takes a person that is full of fear and it takes him and says, now you've got boldness. Now you can walk in the spirit. Now you can see things happen and see people's lives changed. That is what I need in my life. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servant and on my handmaidens, I will pour out those in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood, fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This message was preached with boldness because it pushes back the plans of the enemy. I don't know about you, but I know the enemy had a plan for my life. I know that he wanted to destroy me. And I believe it's because he could see the trajectory that I was on the road to. And I believe that this, when you begin to experience that resistance in your life, it's because the enemy knows the trajectory that you're headed. And when you begin to get into the word of God and begin to get a hold of God, things begin to shift and change in your life. And the enemy doesn't like that. And so he's going to fight and do whatever he can to stop the movement of you, to stop you moving forward. So here was some instructions to the church. I want to see a revival like this day. In verse 36, it says, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom he crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and unto the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? This is that. I need this experience. There was something important. These people saw and they said, our hearts are pricked. I want to see people's hearts pricked. I want them to ask men and brethren, what should we do? What must I do? And as a Christian, you have got to have the response that the word of God gives you. This is what it says. Listen to what Peter preaches to the first church. I know this. This can be the greatest high. It can be the greatest renewing, refreshing in your life. Verse 38, it says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. 
for the forgiveness of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I don't even think Peter realized what he was saying when he said this. I don't think Peter realized that he, he really meant I don't think he really knew that he meant here in Detroit Lakes. I don't think he really knew what it meant that the United States of America could experience this because those weren't even countries at the time. This wasn't even a place at the time. But when he preached that, it was as if God was saying, yes, I've got a church that I want to start. I've got a church that I want to reach some people. There's some broken people that we've got to reach. I'm so thankful that God sends us people that have struggled with drugs. I'm so thankful God sent us people that, that have struggled with alcohol addiction, that have struggled with mental health. I'm so thankful God sent those to us because I know that your spirit can touch them because it touched me. It took those things and it changed my life. I've never looked back. Yes, there's days that I have cravings, but you know what? There is nothing like getting in the presence of God. I'm so thankful for it. Verse 40, it says, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. There is more to church than just Sunday worship. There has got to be a relationship. So what is a Pentecostal church? Okay, so uh, go, back, go back to the beginning, fast, or rewind back to where I said, you know, like it doesn't matter. So we, we, we call ourselves Pentecostal. We believe what, what happened on the day of Pentecost is still being poured out today. And we believe that that is for the church today. And so we call ourselves Pentecostal. And so that's why there's a name. We, 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 we don't have an organ, a denomination or anything like that, but we, we believe solely in the relationship with God. You don't go to a priest. You don't go to anyone to confess your sins. You go to Jesus Christ and say, I'm sorry for my sins. I repent of everything I've done. It's not me to forgive you. It's not me to do things for you. It is up to you to have a relationship with God. I can't read this for you. I can't study the word of God for you. I can study things in it and I can preach. I can do what I can do. But it is up to you to save yourself. It is up to you to repent. It is up to you to be baptized. It is up to you to receive his spirit. And so whenever I talk to people and I say, you know what? This is why, this is why I say to people, sometimes people will get rebaptized. And the reason why is because if God deals with them, I will never stop. God, I will never stop. If God begins to deal with someone and say, hey, I need to be baptized again, I will never stop them from moving forward in that relationship. Sometimes our hearts weren't ready when we got baptized. Your heart has got to be in it when you get baptized. If your heart's not in it, you are just getting wet. That is 100% what I believe. You don't like that? I'm sorry, but you have got to believe what you're doing. Otherwise, it's just water and a, and a ceremony and a tradition, and that's not what baptism is for, and it's not what I want to be a part of, but it is when you say, you know what? This is it. I'm taking a step of faith. I'm moving in a different direction in my life. I'm laying it all down, and I'm going to put on Christ at this time, and when I come out of that water, 
water. I am going to walk in newness of life. I'm not going to be the same person. The old man has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That is what I believe in when, I, when, when baptism takes place. Because Jesus said when he was talking to Nicodemus that except a man be born of the water and of the spirit... He cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. That is why I believe so strongly that the book of Acts is for the church today. I want to be baptized. I want to repent. I want to receive his spirit. There's more to church than Sunday worship. It is your relationship with God that matters. It is a daily relationship. We must have relationship with him, but we also have to have relationship with each other. We got, you got to like each other. You got to like the people you go to church with. Y'all, if you don't like each other, pray for that person that you will like them. Pray that God will give you a heart to help them. I don't know. Pray because, you, I mean, I'm sure that in the Bible, I'm sure there was stinky people. I'm sure that there was, I'm sure there was people that annoyed Peter, James, and John and all of them. But you know what? It doesn't say... I'm. There was, there was, a, there is a passage in here where they did get into a little quarrel and they do, they do fight and stuff, but you know what? They work it out. There has got to be a purpose that we will work out between us. What is going on? We got to follow the apostles doctrine. Verse 43, it says, and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and all thing and had all things common. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily in with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Look at that. The perfect church growth plan right there right there they were eating daily guys i figured it out we need to have dinner every day maybe we need to, at church we need to have a meal after church every sunday and i'm just kidding i'm not gonna do that it's a lot of work <laughs> but i do say this there is a purpose in having a relationship not with just god but I've got to have a relationship with each and every person in the church. Because when I, when I get down, whenever I am feeling like I have been knocked down, we talk about it with the, with the battery thing, I get empty. Sometimes I'm going to get my charge from you. I just I has had an awesome opportunity to go hang out with um, Cindy and Russell for a couple of days. And so we, we went camping over at, uh, I can't remember what that park was called. Yeah. Um, Buffalo State Park there, and it was a it was a good time, but it was so much fun. Like I was up late every night. I was tired, but you know what? Like yeah, they saw me past the ten o'clock, you know, and and we talked about things. Like I would say something, and I'd be like, my grandma would tell me I'm not allowed to say that, <laughs> and my <laughs> so we laughed about that because <laughs> everybody can hear it. Zach, you can't say that. Rochelle didn't even stop me. Matter of fact, one time she encouraged me. Here's the thing. There is an importance in having a relationship with one another. That's why, that's why you got to play cards together. That's why you got to have a, a dinner together. That's why you got to talk and, and fellowship because it, it matters the people you surround them with. Because what happened later 
that we'll find out in the book of Acts, you'll see the church persecuted. You see what happens with people when they get God's spirit inside of them? They don't care about persecution. They don't care about what's going on. You know what? They get in jail and they begin to sing praises to God and jail cells begin to swing open. I believe that God can change people's nature. We're, 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 yes, I'm still shy. Yes, I still need my introverted time of quietness and away from people. But also God uses the other things in my life. And I will walk up to people. I'll talk to them. I'll shake their hand. I'll try and make people laugh. I'll try and make a connection. Because I know that if I don't do that, I am guilty of not preaching the gospel. I'm going to do the best that I can to preach the word of God. And as Christians, I believe that that is what we see in the book of Acts. Is that it's the church being called to do something for Jesus Christ. To, to do what the church was called to do to reach the lost we cannot be a church that is comfortable with just being on the sidelines jim i know you love the vikings and a matter of fact i just bought a not a hoodie but a little pullover with a vikings thing on it it's not purple though it has a little strip of purple in the helmet that's it it's black and i was like i can handle that i look like barney if i wear too much purple and so I think about this, like the Vikings, they've been, they have been losing for years. They've been losing, but you know what? They get out there every time and they play like, I think they play like they're going to win. You know, I don't know, but they get out there and they play like they're going to win. They give their heart. I, mean, I think they do. Um, and, and they get out there, they do their, they, they, they give their, their, their level best, I think. <laughs> They get out there. But you know what? Every year, I bet you at the start of that year, they believe they're going to the Super Bowl. This is our year. And I know every fan of the, of, the, of the Vikings is like, this is our year. We're going to the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. They haven't been there since the 70s. And they're still believing that they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. Is it the 70s? They believe they're going to make it to the Super Bowl this year. Every year, it doesn't matter. They're going to the Super Bowl. This is our year. I want to have that kind of faith. You know what? I didn't get what I needed last Sunday. But this is my day. This is my day. Monday I woke up. You know what? This is, this is my day. I'm going to get into the presence of God. And I am going to make hell fear my name. When I, my feet hit the floor, it's a new day. When my feet hit the floor, I'm walking in victory. When I walk on the floor, I, I know I'm chasing Jesus Christ because I'm doing his will. Everything that I do, I'm going to do it in word and in deed. I'm going to do it in the name of of Jesus Christ everything that's how I want to be that's how I want to live I, I believe so much that what we need as a church is found right here in the word of God stop looking other places stop looking stop trying to find it somewhere else look right here in the word of God if you've got questions about what's in the word of God I ain't even got all the answers Cindy but I will study it out and I'll help you find some answers. I'll study it and I'll, and I'll try and point you in the direction that can help you get some answers. But I know this, too many times we put too much of our theological reasoning into stuff and we just mess it up because we're human. It's God. And everything that I see happening on the day of Pentecost happened in a natural way. They were worshiping, they were praying, 
They were seeking God. And then the Holy Ghost began to fall. More than ever, I want to see the church in one mind and one accord. God, let us be in one mind and one accord. God, I, I want to see you move in a way like never before. I, I believe that. I, I don't know, but I want to experience every day of my life what was poured out here because I see it change people's lives. And so I challenge you to ask yourself, is that your desire? Do you want to experience this? This right here is that. It's in the word of God. This right here, I believe the presence of God moving is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel, is what was spoken of that in the last days I would pour out my spirit up on all flesh. I want more than anything God to move in a mighty way in our church, our city, our lives. You know exactly what you need today. And I challenge you today that we would find some time for prayer right now. If you want prayer, if you'd like to be prayed with, why don't you come to the front? If you're looking for a change in your life, why don't you come up here? If you're not comfortable with that, that's okay. You, right where you are, you can begin to pray. God, I need this experience. That's it. God, I need a change in my life. Whatever God is dealing with you, if you've got questions, please don't hesitate to ask. God, I pray right now that you would move through this place, God, that your presence would begin to sweep in and touch right now, God. We magnify you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus, God, I worship you.
worship you. Promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never I've been in auditoriums with 40,000 people all worshiping God. And, and there's such a power there's a, that, that happens there, you know, 40,000 people worshiping God. It's cool, yeah. But there is something so powerful when people begin to lift and worship his name. And it doesn't have to be in large numbers. It says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. I need him here. I know this. I love all the cool things. <laughs> like I do, like I get sidetracked by, by fun things sometimes. And I, and I get distracted and I'll be reminded over and over again. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Everything is Jesus. You can do all the cool things. We were joking last uh, Sunday about the, what was it called? The baby dedication and how we were going to have the fog machine and the lights and all that stuff. We were joking. We we're not actually going to do that. But, you know, you can have the fog machine. You can have all the cool lights. You can have everything. But you will never replicate the presence of God. You will never fabricate it. You can get some emotional things. I've heard some, I've heard some orchestras play some things and the lighting hit just right. And, oh, it sounds so good. It gives you those goosebumps. I'm not into that. Like, I'm not into church being that. That's, that's emotionalism. What I am into is God moving and having his way. That's, that's what I'm into. And I believe that the reason why people were changed on the day of Pentecost and why 3,000 people were added to the church is because they were looking for something real, not something that just gave them a feel-good. I'm tired of the feel-good moments. I need real change in my life because that's the only way to sustain a walk with God is real change. And so I challenge you, study his word, read the book of Acts as we go through this series. I promise you it's going to touch your life. It's going to make you think about some things and I hope ask some questions because there is some power in this. If you have a desire to have that power that was spoken of here, 
in Acts 1 and 8, you shall have power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, well then, there's answers in the book of Acts. Study it, read it. I can't read it for you. I can just tell you some of the stuff. But let's pray. God, I pray you would touch us. God, I pray you bless the food today. God, touch the fun and the fellowship and all the things that we're going to do today. Today, God, I pray that you would uh, keep the griller person safe. Help them not to get hot or anything like that. And uh, no splatters from grease. In Jesus' name, amen. Tell someone hello. Let's uh, break up some chairs and uh, get everything, I don't know, moved around. We could have had church at the park today. I guess it was warm enough. But the calendar said it, or the weatherman said it wasn't going to be. <laughs>